Education is the cornerstone of good healthcare, not just for clinical and medical purposes, but also in learning how to effectively manage a hospital. So, how do rural hospitals help their executive teams advance their skills and become stronger leaders? With quality education, employer support, and a drive for excellent care. I'm Rachel Lott. And I'm J.J. Hodshire. And this is Rural Health Rising. Welcome to Episode 107 of Rural Health Rising. I'm J.J. Hodshire, President and Chief Executive Officer of Hillsdale Hospital. And I'm Rachel Lott, Chief Communications Officer. Rachel, our guest today is someone who is dedicated to her education and to becoming a stronger leader in the healthcare profession. That's right. We are actually talking with a return guest today who yes. leads our nursing team here at Hillsdale Hospital and who happens to be a recent graduate of the Rural Hospital CNO Certification Program. Yes, that's right. Our guest today is Megan Campbell. She is the Chief Nursing Officer for Hillsdale Hospital. And uh, we want to welcome you back to Rural Health Rising, uh, Megan. Thank you. And thank you for having me back. So, Megan, our listeners have met you before, but just as a brief reintroduction, tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, and your work here at Hillsdale Hospital. Absolutely. So, I am the mother to four wonderful children. My nice. oldest graduates next week, so I am full of emotion. Oh, wow. <laughs> I feel Hard some to kind believe, of way isn't about it, that. Megan? Yes. Wow. Yes. Went by fast. Now, um, is this a wrestler? Yes. Okay. So is he going on for a state? Uh, uh, no, he's he's uh, he's over the wrestling. He's, he is over the wrestling. <laughs> he's over the wrestling. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So he's, our son did the same thing at yeah, his graduation. He's ready so. to to move Good. on to to school well, in his great. next stage of life. Well, that's so. great. Yes. Um, I'm married. I've been married to my husband for 17 years. He's extremely supportive, which is essential when you work in healthcare. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm very grateful to him. Um, he's been with me through this entire journey. I started here at Hillsdale back in. 2009. Um, so it'll be going on 14 years wow. that I've been here at wow. the hospital. Yeah. I started as a nurse on the floor in med surge. Yeah. Um, we don't have an official float pool, but I was the unofficial float nurse. I um, Really? Yes. Full I don't think I knew that. <laughs> <laughs> I had, uh, whenever somebody had to float, I was always the one nominated and that was fine by me because I loved it. I got to learn about a lot of different departments. Um, I worked my way up into supervision. I worked as a charge nurse for med surge and ICU. Um, I worked very briefly in infection control, um, came back to um, med surge and ICU. That was kind of my home. I worked as a clinical manager there for four years before I started as the chief nursing officer here um, in September of 21. Do you remember the day that I looked at you with amazement in my eyes and almost trembling fear when you told me you were going to be the infection control <laughs> officer. I'm like, what is she thinking? Um, but that provided you a good base. I think, you know, you learned quite a bit. It's a, it's a huge job. It was a lot of uh, self-learning yeah, in that one. So yeah. Yeah. a lot of responsibility. But Absolutely. Megan, before you joined here at Hillsdale Hospital, were you in uh, healthcare prior? Um, so I had graduated um in 2008, and I worked very briefly in a long-term care and a skilled okay. nursing facility so for about well. like six months before I started here. Yeah. But the majority okay. of my career has been here at Hillsdale Hospital. That's great. Well, now that we've established who you are and what you do, so our listeners uh, got to know a little bit about that, we also ask a question on each of our podcast of our guest, and that is the question of why. So we want to know, what motivates you? Why do you do the things that you do? What gets you up out of bed in the morning to do those things? 
Uh, I love this question. Um, I think it's a great question to ask, but I do think my answer this time will probably be a little different than the first time I answered. Um, And that is because while at the heart of why I do everything I do is our patients, um, Mm -hmm. I I think I just have that... um, that desire to serve others and to make sure that our patients are well cared for. But what motivates me every day changes daily. I think Mm -hmm. that healthcare changes. It's so different now from when I started in the beginning and it's different now than it was two years ago. And it's different now than it was three months ago because things are changing so rapidly. So I feel for myself, I have to find something new to keep me going when things get really hard. And right now my main focus is our hospital and making sure that we have a place to take care of our patients and Mm -hmm. that our employees have a place to come back to work and that our community has a place that it can rely on to provide the highest quality and the best possible care. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that is really what keeps me going right now is how do we sustain this Mm -hmm. hospital Mm -hmm. so that we can take care of our community and the people that we care about. And part of that is uh, education and training, learning about the industry and learning about what's happening around us, talking to leading experts in the field of nursing and administration. And that brings us really to my next question, which is what got you involved in this rural hospital CNO certification program to begin with? Yeah, absolutely. So I, I don't know if it's for being the oldest child, maybe it's because I'm a Virgo, I don't know, but I just have this uh, desire to know all. I want to know everything about everything. That is why we see eye to eye yes. so much. Yeah. We're like just, little sponges. We yes. just want, if yes. we can know, we have to know. I want to know everything and I want to be the best at everything. Yes. So um, I that just like means- looking in a mirror. <laughs> <laughs> I just have this constant desire to learn because I want to know it all and I want to be the best. And you can't do that if you're not constantly learning um, and growing. And for those so. of you listening, try being their boss. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. But moving on. Maybe. You're welcome, JJ. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Thank you so much. <laughs> My therapist says thank you so yeah. much. So. Um, so I, you know, I'm constantly looking for webinars and conferences and educational opportunities. And so I, I attended something um, with the National Hospital um association. And, you know, once you're on their mailing list, you get all sorts of stuff. And so something came through for their um, certified um, CNO program. And it came at the perfect time when I started as a CNO here. Um, You know, as with most positions, you, you don't get a lot of training because the person's gone before you even take the position. Um, And within weeks, we had our largest COVID surge. Um, We were up for our accreditation and we had the beginning of um, just, you know, the extensive resignations. And so I felt like it would have been very easy for my focus to be pulled Mm -hmm. a thousand different directions, just kind of trying to scramble to get by. But that didn't feel like a great place to be. I wanted Mm -hmm. to feel competent Mm -hmm. and confident and like I could do what I needed to do to make sure that our nurses were well cared for, our patients were well cared for, Mm -hmm. and I was doing right by the hospital. So this program came at the perfect time Mm -hmm. um, and really kind of served as a way to reach out to experts in the field on, you know, what do I need to know, Mm -hmm. not Mm -hmm. only Mm -hmm. to be a good CNO, but specifically in rural healthcare Mm -hmm. because it's so Mm -hmm. different than any of the the larger systems. Right, Mm -hmm. right. Mm -hmm. So, Megan, you mentioned there was a lot going on. 
And it would have been very easy for a lot of those things to take your focus. Um, and I even find, you know, sometimes it's hard with webinars and things that come up that you're like, oh, I really want to do that. And then something happens and you end up not attending it. And it's easier to deprioritize those things when everything else feels crazy. So what was that schedule like to complete the program? How much time were you having to dedicate to it? Um, so the program was roughly seven months long. Um, we met every two weeks, and it was an hour and a half um, of discussion. And then between the discussion, we would have um, maybe an hour or two of, um, you know, different lectures that we would have to listen to mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. homework that we would have to do to prepare for our for our discussions and our conversations. Um, and I was very lucky to have a team around me who supported my learning and my education so that I could dedicate that time at work. Mm -hmm. Um, but it also took some, some personal investment. Um, you know, I would try to do my lectures in the morning before my kids got up or at night after they went to bed or on the weekends. And sometimes Mm -hmm. I'd be in a car traveling to a sporting event, trying to listen and Mm -hmm. watch and, um, work on my responses for our discussion. Um, but I think that, when it's a priority, you find time to do the things you want to do. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, Megan, when I go to conferences, I can easily find myself wanting to go to those tracks where I'm comfortable with it. And it's, you know, like uh, that's my zone, you know, that's my bailiwick. That's what I know. But then I have to push myself to go to things that I know I need to learn. For example, Finance 340B, uh, looking at, all right, I don't know all the intricacies involved, and it's very complex, disproportionate share hospital. I need to know it. Um, Not necessarily that I want to go to it. So there are things that, you know, when I look at training, I know I want to improve in this area, you know, and so I will focus my attention to that. So my question to you is regarding this training, which is intense and it's important, and uh, it really has that focus, which we'll talk about in a minute, of rural health, which is much different than healthcare in urban centers. Um, But my question to you is, what did you feel that you, when you looked at this program, down in your soul, you know, in your heart, what did you want to improve on uh, that you knew, you know, I just really need to start here uh, and I, I want some some help. You were a new leader. Uh, we're all still really new leaders, all three of us. I mean, I think when we're in our 60s, we can say, well, we're seasoned, but we're not. <laughs> right. um, but what did you want we're to learn? We're all in our very early 20s, just if anyone's wondering. We are. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> um, and I guess, you know, what were you seeking to achieve in that training? And did it fill a gap? Um, so like I said, I just, I want to know everything. So, Mm -hmm. um, coming into a a CNO position, I felt very much like I knew nothing. And Mm -hmm. it was kind of like, I don't know. I don't even know what I don't know yet. So I came into this with a very open mind, hoping that, um, or knowing really that I would, there would be a lot to take away from this. Um, and the way that the, the program was broken down, they had four building blocks. So there was um, a leadership building block. I felt fairly comfortable on that one because I had been in mm-hmm. a variety mm-hmm. of leadership roles. Um, but even that, I mean, there were so many takeaways. Um, you'll both be shocked to know that I do not do great with difficult conversations. No. Not my favorite. Oh, <laughs> Megan, I, I, I know. The nicest human being in the world doesn't like tough conversations. <laughs> yes, they are a struggle for me, but um, they had, I mean, it was really wonderful yeah. um, education on, you know, treating it like an opportunity conversation. Mm-hmm. And here's an opportunity for us to grow together um, and just kind of rephrasing and reframing it in my mind, which made mm-hmm. that, you know, mm-hmm. 
really helpful to me. So even mm -hmm. in the the building block I felt most confident in, there were great takeaways. Mm -hmm. um, but the other ones that were really the most eye-opening, um, they had one on operations. We talked about data mm -hmm. and analytics, um, about working with your board, which was really helpful because, mm -hmm. you know, I've attended board meetings, but I you know, felt like I, you know, I'm just supposed to sit here quietly in the corner. Mm -hmm. And it talked really about how important it is to, like, engage with your board and get mm -hmm. to know them and mm -hmm. educate them mm -hmm. and be really involved and invested. And so that helps me feel more comfortable when I was in board meetings to yeah. to start to talk to them and engage mm -hmm. with them. Um, so that was really helpful. There was a, there's a finance building block um, where we learned um, obviously about budgeting, um, which is, you know, ongoing education. Yes. Yes. Um, mm -hmm. You know, you may think you have a handle on it, but nope, nope never. Right. Right. <laughs> and Things then change too fast finance. and are too unpredictable. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. Learning about Most the, definitely. Yeah, the cost reports. And um, then they had a, a clinical um, building block, which talked about um, physician engagement, which mm -hmm. I think mm -hmm. is very unique in rural healthcare because it sure um, it's hard to draw people to smaller areas mm -hmm. that don't have as much to offer. So making sure that when they're here, that they feel supported and heard. Right. Um, that was, I think there was a lot of really mm -hmm. good well, information there. Well, it seems there. like the relationship between physicians and nursing is always much closer in a rural community just because you have a tighter knit team, everybody's doing more and you're all working together more. Absolutely. So um, there were there were just so many great opportunities for for growth and education, but I would say probably the best take or the biggest takeaway for me was the opportunity to talk one-on-one -on -one with so many other CNOs who mm -hmm. yeah. work in a similar setting. So truly, I don't have very many CNO contacts anywhere. Um, but when I reach out to the people around us, they're working for, you know, corporate big, healthcare. So they're working systems. for big yeah. systems. Yeah. Right. And they just can't relate to what no. You no know, we're dealing with here. No sense mm -hmm. of it. At so all. yeah, even if they're rural, but they are no. not independent, no. it's a totally no different ballgame. There's no sense of absolutely. Yeah. So yeah. so being able to reach out to this group, and you know, everybody will even now that I'm done with the program, we're still you know every week I'm getting an email like, how do you guys handle this? What do you do for that? Mm -hmm. Does anybody have a policy on this? Um, how do you recruit? How do you retain? Um, just having somebody that you can reach out to and ask the questions and get their insight and mm -hmm. learn from other people has been so helpful to me. Right. I feel like I have that yeah. resource available yeah. now. What's really encouraging is Rachel, I know you belong to Shishmid. Mm -hmm. Shishmid. And uh, that stands for. Sounds like like a sneeze or a yes. stumble, but uh, Society for Healthcare Strategy and Market Development. Great. And you have a lot of good contacts there mm -hmm. and you've yeah. attended some courses and um, you know, then you have the Luger Lecture Series in mm -hmm. which you participated in, built some good contacts. In Indiana, yep. And it's so important that if you have a colleague or, you know, you grow a f friendship with them, that you can easily pick up the phone and go, how are you handling this? Right. And I've done that many times. You know, I've got about a group of six or eight rural CEOs, not very many of us left, that I will send a text message to and say, how are you handling X? What do you do in, in, in these situations? Do you have a sample policy? Mm -hmm. And those networks, Networking opportunities are so huge for us in rural health, and every opportunity we get, we need to take advantage of it. But certainly, looking at the program itself, you know, the benefits is bringing that information back to the hospital, right? Yeah. And I think it's more than just all right. I learned about the cost report, but now what am I going to do to contribute? You know, to 
educating my own clinical nurse leaders on mm-hmm. the cost report. And I think that's where your, you know, strength is, is that you're a great teacher, you're a mm-hmm. great mentor. And um, these type of programs go far beyond just stopping with you. You're bringing it back to the organization. So I, I wanted to thank you for that. I think that's a, a very important aspect. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I will say with uh, my, what I like to call it when I reach out to my colleagues in the industry of like, hey, has anyone done this before? How did you do it? Yeah. Um, I like the phrase R&D, Robin Duplicate. Ooh, very <laughs> so good. you learn what other people have done well. And instead of having to reinvent the wheel, you take from that and you adjust and make it fit for what you need to do. But it is, you know, one of my favorite absolutely. strategies. Yes, absolutely. Um, not plagiarize. But no, 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 no. Robin no. Duplicate and change it a little bit. Yes, so, right. Um, but Megan, what would you say from this? Is there something you learned that if you had not known it, you feel like you would not be able to be successful today? Like, was there any one or two big ticket items that you're like, could could boil it down to these are the absolute biggest takeaways, even though there were obviously so many? Um, off, you know, off the top of my head, there I can't think of any one particular thing that mm-hmm. was like a complete, you know, I never would have made it if I didn't know this. Right. But I think the biggest thing for me was um, it really just bolstered my confidence Mm -hmm. and um, made me feel a lot more confident. And I think between the two things, um, it started to show in my interactions and kind of how how I approached things at work. Mm -hmm. I felt more confident in the decisions I was making. So I may have made the decision to begin with, but I felt Mm -hmm. more confident in how I was handling it because I had that education and that that training to kind of support like, yes, I'm on the right track. Mm -hmm. Um, And yes, I know what I'm talking about. And I think that was the biggest thing for me was just not knowing what I didn't know and then not knowing who to ask. Mm-hmm. And this kind of gave me the the resources of who to go to, who I can ask questions of. And yes, I'm on the right track or I know where to find the information or I at least have a base to to start to make, you know, make decisions mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. or know that I'm not on the right track and I need to go ask somebody else to, mm-hmm. you know. Right. It just kind of gave me that that confidence to to know I'm I'm doing my job right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So hearing about, you know, rural health, uh, I would assume everyone that was in the class with you are, in fact, rural healthcare leaders. Yes. Um, anything strike you like similar to what you're facing? I mean, did you get, I guess, did you get any warm feelings like, oh, thank God it's not just us? Yes. And give us some examples of um, that. Yeah. I think that, well, one, when, like, like I said, when I started, I just felt really unsure of, you know, I hope I'm doing what, you know, I hope I'm doing the right thing, but I don't really know. Um, and everybody was kind of in a similar situation of like, you know, wait, they don't, we'd all been a CNOs for roughly the same amount of time. And oh, everybody really? was okay. feeling oh, wow. like everybody's pretty new to their roles wow. uh, within a year. Or so there were a couple who'd been in their roles for a few mm-hmm. years, but for the most part, everybody was, you know, very new to their role and feeling very like, Oh, I, you know, I don't know what I don't know yet. Um, so just having that reassurance of, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm not an idiot because everybody's (laughs) kind of struggling right now. Right. Um, did you find ever an opportunity for you to say, Oh, we're doing that here. And they duplicate even some of the things that you're doing. Like, did you give feedback on some strategies that we've deployed maybe? 
Yeah. So we talked a lot about um, recruitment and retention. Yeah. There was a lot of conversation surrounding position engagement and um, how to kind of walk that line of, you know, how do we keep our providers happy and make sure that, you know, they're supported, but also um, work past the the previous culture of that, you know, mm-hmm create a healthy Physician, dynamic. Yeah, physicians yeah. are the only ones who get to be happy and at the expense of others. Yeah. Right, right. Um, and some organizations, unfortunately, have not. I feel like here we're pretty lucky that we have have a culture where everybody works well together and we're all a team and everybody's yeah. kind of on the same playing field, but not all organizations are that way. So yeah. there was a lot of really good conversation yeah. on how we've achieved that here. Yeah. And, um, and then, you know, good conversations around, you know, recruitment and retention strategies and what you know, I got to talk about what we're doing here and learn about what other places are doing to help work through that um, as that continues to be an ongoing mm-hmm. difficulty, mm-hmm. Yeah. especially right. in rural health care. Yeah. Um, so I, I think there were a lot of opportunities yeah. where we where we got to share and, you know, what I, I got to share what I know and I got to mm-hmm. learn a lot from others as well. Megan, it's hard to believe that our time is up. And, um, you know, as we look to conclude this podcast today, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the podcast and to share your insights. Um, You know, the last question I guess I'm going to pose to you is, as other CNOs across this country, rural CNOs, or even, you know, mid-sized hospital CNOs are listening to this program and wondering, I am just, my time is so precious especially when you're raising children and you have a family and you participate in events, church, whatever it is, sports, uh, it's very hard uh, to do that and balance such a heavy job. Um, What advice would you give to the new CNO that's thinking, I really need some education? Is this course something you would recommend for them uh, and and value-added given all the work that you juggle? Um, do Do you see value in that? Absolutely. Um, I think that it's really important to invest in yourself and invest in your career. If you are passionate about what you do um, and you want to do it well, then I considered it an investment and it's not forever, but it's going to help me um, be better at my job, which is important to me. And when I think about, you know, my, my nurses and my, um, nursing assistants and all the people that I'm constantly encouraging to go on for more education, go to the conference, go back to school, Mm -hmm. um, go to trainings, let's do lunch and learns, all the, all the educational opportunities that I'm constantly encouraging my nurses to do. Why would I not do the same for myself? Mm -hmm. I think that whenever you can, when you, whenever you can take the opportunity to learn something new, it really kind of reignites um, a spark in you and it, and it makes you feel really excited about what you're doing and really passionate and kind of brings this new light to mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, yeah, this is why this mm-hmm. is why I'm doing what I'm doing. And mm-hmm. here's how I'm going to be good at it. And here's what I can bring back and share with others. Yeah. And um, so it might be a couple extra hours a week that, you know, you've got to find. But I think it's worth that investment in yourself if it's something that you care about. Well, Megan, thanks for joining us today. You are an absolute pleasure to interview, but it's great working beside you each and every day. You know, my management philosophy is uh, to let go 
And, you know, I've been able to do that with you. And of course, Rachel, she, I let her go the day she stepped in the door, but you know, I let you do your jobs and, and you're empowered by that, but um, you have done a remarkable job and uh, I've just been on the sidelines watching uh, the work that you've done managing a crisis like we've never experienced before, you know, a pandemic, mm-hmm. you know, looking at the challenges of nurses who just quit, just left the field. Uh, and then coupling that with all of the challenges of taking care of very sick patients, it's been a lot of work. And I'm hopeful that in 10 years, we're sitting around the microphone again, discussing about those old days and remembering how bad they were, but how the days ahead are better. Um, but I really want to thank you for your leadership and for the hard work that you've done. I know this classwork was tough to do in the middle of, you know, a very significant challenge here at this hospital, but obviously very rewarding and a great opportunity that you would recommend to others. So thanks for joining us on Rural Health Rising today and for your commitment to our patients, our families, and our community. Thank you. Thank you. Next time on Rural Health Rising, we'll have another great conversation with another great guest, so be sure to tune in. And with that, don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And if you like what you hear, leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and tell others why they should listen too. Your feedback helps more listeners find Rural Health Rising. And you can now find us on Twitter. I'm at Hillsdale CEO JJ. Rachel is at Rural Health Rach. And you can also follow the podcast at Rural Health Pod. Until next time, stay safe, stay healthy, and stay strong. Rural Health Rising is a production of Hillsdale Hospital in Hillsdale, Michigan, and a proud member of the Health Podcast Network, hosted by J.J. Hodshire and Rachel Lott. Audio engineering and original music by Kenji Ulmer. For more episodes, interviews, and more information, visit ruralhealthrising.com.